0: everyone terry welbrock here from the healing place podcast uh just a reminder to check out the facebook page uh for the healing place podcast you actually can go to facebook and type in the healing place podcast and it'll pop up putting out inspirational quotes daily and links to um, motivational stories and uh, as well as links to podcast episodes in upcoming um or newly released shows. I've also just completed uh, my first of four coaching courses, and uh, so I'll be coming up with some amazing new opportunities for coaching. So if you would like to work with me, be sure to follow on the Facebook page. I will try to remember to put uh, comments out here on episodes as well. Uh, but certainly on the Facebook page, you can you can find out information there. Uh, if you're not on Facebook, um, I'll try to pop it out onto oh, on my LinkedIn page. I'll, I'll for sure put it out there so you can connect with me on LinkedIn as well. Um, still celebrating the fact this show is in the top two percent globally out of now three million podcasts. Yay! Thank you, thank you, thank you for helping that happen. Please continue to share and invite others to listen to these inspirational conversations with healers from all over the world. All right. Enjoy today's episode. Thanks. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place Podcaster. I'm your host, Terry Welbrock, celebrating happy, happy news that I just found out the podcast is in the top 2% globally out of now 2.966 million podcasts, which is crazy awesome, considering I record from home, no staff, and Sammy, the Labradoodle, as you all know, is my co-host. So today I have with me Elliot Callen, and he is the co-founder and president of A Brighter Day. And A Brighter Day is a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping teens manage depression and stress with a goal of stopping teen suicide. So welcome, Elliot. Great to be here Terry thank you. Absolutely. And I told you before hitting record I was telling you a story about one of my kiddos struggling uh at in college and him being able to get some help and gosh my heart you know as I went in and looked at your at your website and the work you're doing it just it just swelled with gratitude for the work you do so thank you. Thank you. All right so do you want to start off talking to us about how you got into uh, this line of of I want to I want to say work I don't even think it seems like work sometimes is it's like a soul work a soul calling. It's a, it is a wonderful uh, call, calling. It is uh, for a
1: tragedy that happened. But uh, so the the whole the premise was the background of the charity a brighter day was that in 2015 uh, December January of 2015. On a Thursday night, about one in the morning, no drugs, no alcohol. My 19-year-old son, Jake, walked up to the highway, waited for a truck to come by and jumped in front of it. Oh. <clears throat> and Friday, his phone was turned off and we were frantically looking for him all day Friday because teenagers don't turn off their phones. Right. And at 630 at night, Federal Express showed up with a six-page suicide note, as well as the county, the city police, the county police. Everybody came to the house, and he had taken his life. And uh, we then began the process of having to go to Montana to get his body. You can imagine a human body in a hundred thousand pound truck at sixty miles an hour. It's a it's a very bad combination of things. And but we had to get him and bring him back for burial in Lafayette. And on the way up there, I read that suicide note over and over. And on the way back, with his body under the the plane. it was that paragraph, that first main paragraph, where he said, Mom and Dad, I have been thinking about this for a long time. I never would have told you how I felt. I never would have asked for your help, and I never would have taken your help. And I just kept reading it and reading it, and by the end of the plane ride home, I knew we had to do something. You know, I knew we'd be victims of this for life, You know, for your your audience, that it consists of survivors, Um They're survivors for life, sadly. Uh, We knew we'd be there. I don't even like the term survivors. I feel like it makes me lucky and I don't feel lucky about the whole thing. But that that aside, uh, we began to think, how how do we approach all these parents and families and teens where they're like us? They didn't know what was going on. They didn't feel what was going on. How do we stop this devastation and this destruction? And we came up with the idea of a charity called Brighter Day where we would use music and take a very old concept of battle the bands, of teen bands playing with teens. And that's what we started doing all around Northern California, of teen bands playing for teens. And during these concerts, we would hand out a backpack filled with resources on stress and depression that we created. And I'm a little bit of a writer, so we created these resources and we started to get them out. And the first three, four years, cities were wonderful. They welcomed us. Usually they were through the Department of recs versus the high school. Since high schools have some issues with the word suicide and things like, they feel like if you talk about suicide, you're giving tacit approval that it's an an acceptable outcome. Uh, It's ridiculous, but that's how they think. Yes. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, we did these concerts in the first four years or so. We handed out over two thousand backpacks, and they weren't on the ground. They weren't outside the, the the community centers or the gyms. They were taken home and in there, there were was information for the teen. There was information for the teen about his friend or her friend. There was information for the teen about their parents and for there was information for the parents about the teen. And all to, because we didn't know who would be reading it. So we put them all in there and then COVID hit. And we knew we were onto something, but COVID hit and we needed to reinvent ourselves. And we switched to a teen talent showcase all virtually and in our first Teen Talent Showcase, we had 14,000 people watch it. <laughs> Staggering. But we weren't happy still with the number of people post the program that went to our website to download our resources. So we decided to reinvent ourselves again because, you know, at my core, I'm an entrepreneur and I like starting and building. And a charity is just another entrepreneurial opportunity. And we started to, I took money. And I put it into a marketing department, we hired writers, we hired directors of marketing, we hired program directors, and we really built up the website, the social media presence, the, the mailing, bi-weekly mailing that we send out to parents all over the United States. And here we are, fast forward just a few years later after that, and, and like I said, in the first few years, we had 3,000 or 2,000 backpacks we handed out. Last month, we had 14,000 people download our resources.
0: That's fantastic.
1: So what we what we become is a place where you can get free resources for mostly for the parents now to deal with their teens. We have a parental parent survival toolkit that they can download. We have a teen survival toolkit, which is on LinkedIn. Excuse me, which is on Instagram and TikTok. We have the parent one on Facebook and Instagram, um, and we're getting this out to communities. Uh, mostly on the West Coast, but now we're starting to spread around the country. Uh, And our goal is to help teens and their parents with resources on stress and depression with the goal of stopping teen suicide. And we're doing that. I can't tell you how many suicides we're stopping, but I've got letters on my desk from parents saying thank you for helping me save my child's life.
0: Yes. Oh, my gosh. Well, again, I just applaud you so hugely. And I love, I just have to say really quick, I, this show's been on air five-plus years, and uh, before we moved, before, pre-pandemic, uh, Sammy is a registered therapy dog, our Labradoodle, and we did something called the Sammy's Bundles of Hope. Same sort of thing, filled these little bags with resources for kids in, in homeless shelters and in safe houses who had trauma history and were displaced and it was like stress balls and all kinds of stuff. So I love the idea because it really did have an impact. I know I saw it on my end. Um, So, wow. I mean, just again, what a gift you're giving families and kids and parents. Thank you. Well, we're, I hate to say that we're at the right place at the right time because that's
1: my for-profit marketing hat on, but sadly we are. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the pandemic, had such a profound impact. I mean, I mean, things that I've read of just how depression numbers have shot up, anxiety numbers, um, and just especially kids who were going through that, that was a trauma experience for for many of them, uh, having to be at home and isolated socially. So I'm sure that that has had a huge impact.
1: Oh, it's, it's it's an epidemic at this point in every possible way. You know, boys commit suicide four to one over teenage girls. But the, the the faster of the two growing groups are definitely the young ladies. They're growing much faster than the boys. And one of the reasons the boys actually take their lives more than the girls is because they're more violent. And girls are more overdose oriented. But here's a story that came out of COVID. And COVID has, was we did a terrible... Co- Injustice to our teens during COVID. Mask, lockdown schools. And I know it's a big political football on that for either side, but from my point of view of what I can witness, not what I read, but I can witness, nobody prospered, nobody did well at the teen level here that I've witnessed. But here's an example of a tragedy here. Here was a teen, he was a junior in in high school, and he played on a football team. He had a 4.2 average right here locally to where we are in Northern California. And his goal was to get into an Ivy League school. And play football for the ivy league school he wanted to do that you can't get a scholarship for football to an ivy league school he wasn't looking for that he just wanted to do that it was his dream and his senior year came around well his junior year came around and schools all went got shut down and he did not do well at homeschooling it just he was a social kid on the football team and needed all that social interaction his senior year came by and there's no football and he went down, he got all despondent, his grades dropped to about a 3.5, no longer Ivy League material. 3.5 is pretty good for a lot of schools in this country, but he didn't have a plan B. And he went down to the school, to the football field, threw a rope over the crossbar, and hung oh. himself on the crossbar. Oh. He, didn't, he didn't need to leave a note that was the note. Yeah. He was totally dejected. And I've got a half a dozen stories like that from the lockdowns that just did a terrible injustice to our teens. And we're still coming out of that, you know, forgetting that math scores are a full year grade behind or English scores or Spanish scores or whatever scores were about a year behind now, most of the world, which we weren't in front of anyway, but now we're for one year further behind. And most of those countries were open
0: just locally. It just, it devastated our kids. Oh, we have a teenager who's a junior now and, Yes. It was her freshman year of that lockdown, switching to a new school. And so, oh my gosh, just to watch it. Thankfully, we're knowledgeable enough. I'm knowledgeable enough in mental health recovery. Really, really, really used a lot of resources and utilized a lot of resources with her um, to make sure that she wasn't spiraling. It's hard. You know, my senior
1: year of high school was my single best year of all my schools, college. It was fabulous. I grew up, I dated, I, I did all the things that young boys at 17 do when they're dating. I made all the mistakes, but I had all the fun. I drove uh, my parents absolutely insane my senior year. Uh, I just had a great, great experience. And my personality, and I was on, in leadership, and I was president of organization, my personality blossomed. My self-confidence blossomed. My self-esteem blossomed. You take that away and you put me at a kitchen table of my parents in school. I'm a different person today. Totally different person today. Uh, yeah. I'm not outgoing and I'm not confident and I'm making mistakes. And I don't really know how to deal with those mistakes because my senior year, we learned all the social interactions of how to deal with a mistake. how to get into a fight and still get along the next day with the person you got into a fight with and have a verbal argument and apologize and learn how to apologize. How to, how to drive your car and run out of gas because you're an idiot teenager and have to push the car, but learn that mistake. Yes. That oh. all what happened, all, take all that away again, and lots of teens like today, they're not as mature and understanding and
0: appreciative of where they could be. Right. And well, what that says to me is resilience building. As you go through these, Little traumas or these mistakes, or whatever it is, the lessons, that's how you learn. That's how you grow. That's how you figure things out. That's how you build that resilience. And right, if you're not exposed to it and you're just sitting at home doing your schoolwork and playing video games, yeah, or watching TV. You need to do this. We took it away. Right. Wow. Powerful, powerful, powerful. So now do you work? With school systems, do you work um, with agencies like mental health agencies that work with teenagers, all of the above? Well, we we do some work with schools. Schools have been pretty
1: resistant to outside organizations, at least here in California. They've been very resistant. Um, as one principal told me, Elliot, you're not in my budget. I don't get graded for you coming on or helping kids. All I need to get through is till May 15th without an accident on campus. So I don't really have time for your organization. And I think he was being exceptionally honest about it. Uh, on that. So we work with a lot of organizations, a lot of, and some cities to, to go in and help. But the schools have been very reluctant. Now we just created some programs that are going to help the schools out. And we're hoping that's going to help us with inroads. But we are out there speaking to organizations constantly <clears throat> and just letting them know what we do. Uh, but we're finding a better way to reach, reach parents is definitely through social media for parents. Yeah. I'll give you a good example. That just happened. So we have been advertised. We created a a texting program for all, for teens and parents that anybody can type in the word brighter, B-R-I-G-H-T-E-R, to 741-741. All 50 states, 24-7. Doesn't matter how old you are, whether you're 12 or 72, type it in. And within five minutes, you will talk to a counselor anywhere in this country. And I just got a call the other day. I had somebody call me up Saturday morning. <clears throat> and he said, is this LED calendar brighter day? And I said, yes, it is. He said, I just want you to know, I made a donation just this morning to your website, which is a brighterday.info. I made a donation, but I put the wrong email address in. It should have been SBC Global. and I wrote SBB Global. Can you fix it? And I did. I said, of course I can. He said, and I said, can you tell me how you found out about us and what's going on? And he said, well, I saw you on Facebook with one of the former Yankee pitchers, and you were talking about helping teens with depression. And I went to your website, and I went to the website, and I read a lot of what you did. I'm so impressed with what you're doing, like you talked about it. There's so many great resources that are absolutely free. There's no advertising on our website. There's nothing you can buy on our website. Not, you can't buy a blanket that says A Brighter Day. That's just not there. And I saw you have that texting program. Well, I want you to know that my very close friend, and he didn't want to use the word woman, friend, lady, friend, girlfriend. He was an adult. We're not quite sure what to call these people. Right. <laughs> and uh, she lost her son at 24 years old, so an adult son, a year ago. And she has been so distraught that she's now on SDI and cannot function. And she's been to therapy all year, and it's just not working. And I saw your texting program and I gave it to her and we did it together just to see if it worked. And she got somebody locally, you know, and they hit it off. And so she's text the next day. They spent about 35, 40 minutes on, the, on texting back and forth. And the next day she did it again. And the next day she did it again. And she'd been doing it every day. And he said, we're, we're a month into this and she's looking for a job now. Oh, She's finding that this texting program at her speed and the way she relates to information, which is different for every single person, is perfect for her. Now, it's not perfect for everybody because people need live uh, counseling. People need Zoom counseling. People can work with text and other people can read. We handle all four of those, whatever somebody needs. But that for her, it was the texting program, the free texting program that maybe will save her life as an adult
0: mom. Wow. How powerful. And you, have, you said that's anywhere in the United States? All 50 states, 24-7. All holidays,
1: everything. And because we can't discriminate, well, the reason you're calling. So, you know, I can't say that you're call, not going to call about elder abuse. We have a counselor that can handle that. But it's really marketed to teens and parents. That's what we market it to.
0: So do you do you have volunteer counselors? Is all, it... around, all around the country. All around the country. Wow. There are
1: Networks that have been created all around the country. Amazing. So if you're calling from here in Northern California, you're probably going to get somebody in LA because that's where the network is. If you're calling from Nebraska, you're going to get somebody outside Chicago. It doesn't okay. matter because who cares where they're located. They're just going to be in your time zone. We right. have six we created six centers and and in, in three different time zones, there are six centers.
0: Oh my gosh, that is just amazing! And again, they're getting,
1: they're getting a call, I think, about every 30 seconds. Oh, well, that's heartbreaking. That's, that's a that's heartbreaking stat, but some of those calls, you know, they're they are trained to say, You know, we need to hang up and call 911. Would you like me to call 911 for you? Uh, that's they're trained to do that right away in crisis. They're trained to call the police if something's about to happen, they they are trained to do that. But they're also trained to just have a conversation with you. And the number one question they get asked by far, Terry, is, am I the only one feeling this way? And that's what my son would have probably said, because he had isolated himself, which is one of the traits of somebody who's in depression, is to isolate themselves from their friends, their family, and their teachers. So they could kind of be alone at all times. Makes the walls a little bit darker for them, uh, but that's what they're looking for. And they're able to understand that.
0: Yes, yes. Well, and again, I go back to now that I know the history of my 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 own child and seeing that transition from this very social, social person and realizing what was happening with him. Um, and in being an hour away, not, not knowing, you know, you wanna give your kids that space to be like oh you're off at college you go live your life and figure it out and uh, yeah it's a scary prospect when you don't you don't know what's happening with them so here's another problem that's out there Terry
1: and you 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 were fortunate that it worked out really to your benefit and you know knock on wood or knock on my computer here in front of me you know that's great god bless you it worked out for the best but imagine how you're a parent and you have got a 16 or 17 year old And you've now come to the conclusion that your child, it doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl, your son or daughter is in crisis mode. And you're not sure if they're suicidal or not. Maybe they've cut themselves. Maybe they're just having a conversation. Like mom, you know something? You're never going to miss me if I'm gone anyway. One of the lines that a lot of kids use. Not going to miss me anyway. And you know, oh my goodness, I've got to get this person in front of a counselor right now. Because you want to take action. You're a concerned parent. 99% of parents want to help. There's always a fraction of people that don't get it. But most parents want to be good parents in this country. And you go look online. You don't necessarily know somebody who you can call. But you look online. And you look at adolescent or teen counseling. And you start calling. And you realize that every place you're calling, if you can get them, is six to ten weeks to get an appointment. And that's what the average wait here is in the United States, six to 10 weeks for a teenager in crisis. And I can tell you that if you're a teen and you know it from personal experience, if you said, look, let's get you help in about six weeks, just go back to the dorm. No. Yeah, things would happen. It's a, it's a lifetime. <clears throat> so we hooked up with BetterHelp, which is on, online anyway, to get them within seven days of co- a Zoom counseling counselor online. And we pick up the cost of the first four or five meetings which are anywhere from 50 to $150, depending on the type of counseling they're getting. And they can get it immediate. After seven days is almost as immediate as we can because you've got texting in between there that they can get for free. But now instead of even paying for it, a brighter day will pick up the first four or five meetings for you. That's what we do when we raise money. So we use that money to help pay for counseling for your team. And BetterHelp has told us the average teen needs about four or five appointments to get kind of to right the ship a little bit more so they can move forward and that's why we up with that number
0: right right so you brought up funding do you do you do grants do you have private donations How, how do you how do you get funding and can can listeners donate to your your organization oh please yes so we do we have two programs that we run
1: and then we have donations on our website Again, at abrighterday.info. We ran a golf outing just a few months ago. And then tonight, as a matter of fact, uh, and I know this isn't airing today, but tonight we're running our annual virtual gala. Uh, we're silent at live auctions and and just to ask for a donation are there. And we do that as well, where we raise you know six figures doing that as well. So yes, money, You know, unfortunately, in, in, in charities, like in politics, we live in a political world, but like in politics you know, money is the mother's milk of success and the charity cannot exist without the money. So I've learned to be a shameless fundraiser. I hate to say that. Maybe I should have run for, I, I missed my opportunity. I should have run for office 30 years ago. But we raise money and we ask people for money and we do get some grants, but not federal grants. Just some private grants because federal grants means you have to answer different paperwork. Right. But we get these, these grants and then we use them to help parents and teens with counseling. And then we hand out about a dozen college scholarships every year.
0: That's fantastic. Now, how do, how do you decide, is it like winners of the, of the contests? Well, that was one way we did
1: it. We switched from that now. We have everybody write a 500 word essay on how, and submit it on how they've dealt with stress and depression and learning to overcome it. You don't really overcome it, you learn to overcome it or deal with it better. And then we have some people on a board that read these and they pick out about a dozen winners. They each get enough money to pay for their books for a year.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I love it. Well, and I love the idea going back just a a bit to what you were talking about. I just took a course on TikTok and how it's just exploding with, with connecting. Like it's the latest and greatest, right? And so I love it that you're on TikTok because truly that's where such a huge chunk of your audience is. Yep. But
1: so, you know, social, when you talk about social media and the phone, and there's you and I are on Facebook, we're probably on LinkedIn as well. Uh, some of us are on Instagram. And we like watching these little reels of people doing silly things and all that right. stuff. And kids are on like the reels as well, then they like TikTok, you know, and Snapchat. You and I would never go on. I don't even know how to use Snapchat, but all right. I'm sure. <laughs> but what what teens have done, what we've done as parents, And as a society, we've done a terrible injustice to, again, our teams, is we've given them the cell phone. And that cell phone gets some great answers on Google. Who is the sixth vice president of the United States? They can look it up, and in 30 seconds or or less, they have the answer that it was vice president, such and such was the sixth I'm Not even sure who it was off the top of my head. And so they they can learn this up. How many people died? U.S. soldiers died in all the history of the United States with Veterans Day being tomorrow. And they could look up and say $850,000, and 850,000 people in U.S. history. Big number. But they know that. That's the good side of looking it up. Not to advertise Google, but that's the good side of looking it up. What's the bad side? And that's social media. What Facebook and Instagram have done, but primarily Facebook, is they've created a highlight reel of everybody's life. It's like Sports Center. It's the 10 best plays of the day. And that's what Facebook is. So my, I remember my senior year, for a twin senior year in high school, it was Christmas break. And I live in Northern California. And a lot of kids go to either Tahoe to go skiing, or they go to Hawaii with their family. Now that's, I don't know what percent it is. We'll call that 5% of all kids do that. But they asked me the question, dad, Are we the only family that doesn't go to Tahoe or Hawaii for Christmas break? And they felt like victims. Woe is us. We're home. We have to spend time together. This is terrible. And they felt like everybody's having fun but them. That's what Facebook and Instagram have done to our teams. And so they become more victims of it. And so they start looking at it when you're asleep, your son – and I mean, yours in quotations, your son, your daughter is looking at their phone, probably when you were asleep, because their sleep pattern is now disrupted. And they're seeing what everybody else is doing. And you know what they're not doing? They're in bed with the lights off or middle, or light on or the homeworks in front of them that they may or may not finish that night. And it feels terrible, just horrible. And we're hurting our kids. So if you eventually ask me the question, what's the one thing? If you have to say the parents should do first. What's the very first thing that parents can do to help their teens? They may not even know what's going on. What's the first thing, though? And that is make dinner cell phone free. Go get a basket. Have everybody put their tea, cell phones in there, including parents. Don't call grandma and grandpa or text with grandma and grandpa or FaceTime with grandma and grandpa during dinner. No cell phones means no cell phones. And then we we can, we can actually put out in our Parent Survival Toolkit, we put questions that you as a parent can learn to engage your kid, your teen, because you, I don't know your personal situation, maybe you're single, maybe you're married, maybe both of you are working, maybe you're the only working parent. When you come home, different than let's say my mother was born in 1918 and was a stay-at-home mom, now parents come home, they're tired. They're trying to make meals quickly. You got two, three hours of homework sometimes the kids have to do. They got to get away from you. You really don't want to talk to them anyway. You still may be working at home and have work to do tonight. Lots of things. And that's not counting your favorite TV show that you'd like to watch at, at, that's on at eight or nine o'clock. All these things are rushing you through dinner. Well, dinner is the best place by far to have a conversation with your team and learn how to ask the right questions. And here's an example of the wrong question, and I'll do it from the boy's point of view because I'm a guy. How was your day? Fine. How's school? Okay, good. I have a 29-year-old. He's getting dual concurrent PhDs in Madison, Wisconsin. When I call him up, he still answers me that way. How was school this week? All right. How you doing with your homework? Good. I said, and I have to remind him, I say, Cody, I paid a lot of money for your education can you please stop answering monosyllabically and go polysyllabic on me? And he'll say, well, very good. <laughs> they're terrible communicators nowadays. The boys are notorious for being terrible communicators. His twin sister, everything's on her sleeve. I know everything that's going on there for the most part. But not with him, that doesn't make him depressed and it doesn't make her depressed. They both can be depressed or neither one of them for the way they're acting. But it forces me to ask really good questions. And you as a parent, I'll give you an example of what you can ask your high schooler, what you could do there, Terry, not just how was school today, is what's your favorite class? Why? (laughs) What's your favorite subject? Why? Who's your favorite teacher? Now, that's nice to know that their favorite class is history, and it's Mr. or Mrs. Smith that teaches it. And you now know why, because you just learned that your child has a little proliferation towards history. Now they come back and they say, you know what I hate? I hate chemistry. You ask that question. How come? I don't know. The teacher's a jerk and picks on me all the time. You know, well, now you as a parent learn that maybe you can get a tutor or maybe your child is just not going to do well in the science that's formulaic. They don't do well with boxes and points and squares and H's and C's and it's not for them. They're not getting it. They're not spatially motivated. They're much more literature motivated or vice versa on that. Maybe your your teen is having problems putting three words together that make good sentences. It feels like I'm always getting picked on. And then you could learn to ask, who's your best friend? How's your best friend doing in that class? Because maybe your your, your teen isn't even talking about themselves. It just isn't even talking about their best friend. They're talking about them through their best friend. And you learn that those two, best friend and your teen, are checking out of the class. They're walking out and not showing up sometimes. They've already given up. They're doing their own future because they're going to get D's and F's in chemistry because they both hate chemistry. And you could do something before you get to that point.
0: Yes. Oh, I love it. And we have those kinds of conversations. I had learned this long ago trying to have conversation with teenagers. And so, yeah, we, we joke with her now about it because she knows that we're not going to just ask, like, how was your day at school? <laughs> we go in such crazy directions with it. Like, all right, let's have fun. What were your five favorite moments of the day today? <laughs> so great questions. A lot of parents don't have those tools. That's why we put them on our
1: website Yeah, or they don't, they, they don't can't be bothered asking them or they get grunts and shoulder shrugs and all that stuff. And they're like, well, I just spoke to my son or my daughter for 20 minutes and I know nothing. Absolutely nothing. Right. That might be true. But if you're doing this night in and night out, you're going to start getting some answers. And then we've been educating teens about their parents. If their parents are working and they're too tired to talk about your day, then we give, parent, we give teens some tips on how to engage their parents about their day so you have a reverse role model going on. And we're hoping that would work off. Well. So that's good. Here's another place that, that works really well. We live in an organized sports world. Everything is organized, organized baseball, organized football, organized soccer. Nobody does anything unorganized anymore, So you have to become a chauffeur as a parent now. Somebody's a taxi in your family, taxi driver, in your family getting to all the the organization meetings, this, that, turn the radio off in the car and just have a conversation there. Little thing, get the earbuds out, get the earbuds out of your teens, ears, talk about what's going on. If that's not working, then once a week, take a walk with your team. Just take a walk, you and them, not two parents and them where there's a ganging up issue and they just totally close up, but just you and your team. And you'll learn so much because they'll want to share. They want to talk. We have been trained to walk and talk in this country. And we just have. It's in their movies. It's everywhere. It's in parent and children, teen shows.
0: You know, they just people walk and talk. It I love really that. I love it. Well, I know for us, our daughter is such a great photographer. And so I'll say to her sometimes, let's go on a photo walk, like take, bring the camera and let's, we live on Hilton Head Island and it's gorgeous and nature everywhere. So yes, let's go. And, And it is so true as we go. And we talk about, you know, the things we're seeing and, but then so much more blossoms out of it. It's great. You're doing the right thing.
1: Parents need these tools. We'd help with them, but more importantly, and your listeners know that, survivors have learned this the saddest of possible ways. Your professionals, your therapists, your counselors, they're trying to be in front of the game, in front of the problem when it happens. Sometimes
0: the simplest tools are the best tools. Right, right. And just to kind of go back to what you said about the radio for a second, and, and just as a devil's advocate kind of question, what about letting them choose the music and then having a question about why is what's your favorite song of this artist or i mean is that a way as well to to just show interest in what they're doing of course it's that's why you need to know about their schooling too what's their
1: favorite class and why and talk about things you know i just put an article out it's coming up tomorrow as veterans day because we do a mailing every other week it's going out all about veterans day conversations that you can have with your team about veterans day and what that means but you're doing the right thing. You're asking the right questions because you're engaging. If you engage, it's great. Now, I took my my 18-year-old twin son when he went to Washington University in St. Louis' as undergrad. We took a drive out there. I drove him to school. And we made a deal that we would listen to my station for 30 minutes and then his station for 30 minutes. And it didn't matter how bad the music was or how corny the talk radio was or that he had to listen to Frank Sinatra or The Beatles. And I had to listen to hip hop and rap. He was a rap kid, kid. Not even hip hop is not so yes. bad? But whole rap. And we, I did it all the way out. And then when we would stop and do something, we stopped at the Grand Canyon. We took we took Route sixty six. We stopped at the Grand Canyon. We hiked the Grand Canyon. We hiked Sedona. We hiked, we went to a horse whispering farm in Oklahoma. We went to uh, Santa Fe and went to some old adobe places in the the tallest winding staircase in the united states and we would just talk about it and then we would he he's a carnivore so i made sure every night okay i know you want steak let's find a steakhouse and we just have conversations about steak and cuts of meat and 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 interesting how people some people hate it some people love it and you know you say dad i like your salmon but boy you make great steak but mom (laughs) makes better pasta than you (laughs) But it gave him an avenue to be comfortable to say, you know, dad, you're a great cook. You're really a, a really good cook. Boy, mom makes better pasta dishes. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I love it. And I love those crazy, powerful, awesome conversations with, with kids. So, I mean, again, just wonderful example of, because to me, we're te- we're teaching those kids exactly what you were talking about of with social media of them. Not learning those skills of conversation, right? It's a it's a challenge uh,
1: because times have changed. You know, you know, you hear you are doing what you're doing. You're working. You have you know one of the top most successful podcasts in the world. You didn't do that by accident. You might be surprised with your own results, but you didn't do it by accident. Right. And it takes effort and time. And, and the learning curve that you had to learn because five years ago, nobody had a podcast. Nobody ever heard of Joe Rogan and things like that. And here you are doing something very successful. So your time now is limited. And let's face it, when you're at dinner, when you're in bed at night, you're also thinking about your podcast because you're driven enough to get better. You'd like tomorrow to be better than yesterday. It's who you are. And that's what makes people successful is the drive for excellence. Right. How do you how do you manage that? How do you balance that with also the drive to be a great mom, a great parent of multiple children when you don't even have time sometimes to brush your teeth and grab a cup of coffee because you got an eight forty five podcast that you need to be sharp and fresh for, and they don't. You have to get them to school by eight thirty and fifteen minutes to get back home, and holy cow! And I need a cup of coffee before I do anything, and th- I'm out of my mind. I, you're pulling your hair out. And you're thinking, did I even do my hair today? Right. <laughs> do I, I can't that's tell. It looks look? like I'm this. Sorry. I'm just, <laughs> Yeah. And that's, but now for your kids, for your teens, you shorted them on time. You didn't mean to do it. You're not intentionally being a bad parent, you, you know, but life caught up to you and the speed of life is so much faster than it was for your parents or your grandparents. And that's one of the big differences today. We don't slow it down to just have a conversation find out what's ticking behind the mask.
0: Yeah, I'm taking a fabulous, fabulous course right now. And one of the things that they have us practicing is slowing everything down by 40%. Your walk, your talk, your cooking. And it, oh my gosh, to purposefully... Walk slower and talk like, and so I, I just practice it in little increments throughout the day. And it is oh, you don't realize how fast you're constantly going. Well, I'm, I'm from
1: the. I grew up in the New York market in New York, North Jersey, just outside of Lincoln town. <clears throat> and we're all speed. I got to get there and get there now. I got to finish the sentence so we can have coffee in the office. There's my New York accent. Coffee in the office while we talk on the phone, and we do that. And yesterday, and I speak a little quickly for California. Yesterday, I did a podcast with a, a woman from New Jersey, an older woman whose uh, husband passed away, and she started this whole thing on mental health, and she's doing a fabulous job. And as soon as I said, hi, how are you? She said, oh, you're from New Jersey, aren't you? <laughs> I said, how, did you, how would you even know that? I hadn't said coffee, talk, or walk. The three big words in New Jersey. Right. And she said, it's your cadence. It's speed. That you, Once you live in New Jersey, you never lose the speed. That's and that's, you live in Hilton Head. You know, for a while, I remember I went to visit some friends in St. Louis when I was in high school. And I remember them saying to me, can you just slow <laughs> down? And do you mind instead of
0: calling you Elliot? Can we just call you Elliot? Because it sounds better. My grandma was from New Jersey and uh, she was from Patterson, New Jersey. And she, I loved it because she called me Turry instead of Terry. And she would always say things like Winnika water works. Like she, water, water was. The water, best word.
1: W-A-T-R. That's how we, one of the words
0: Yeah. I <laughs>
1: need a glass of water.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, is there anything else that you wanted to address before we close out? yeah I think for for your audience, it's a
1: great audience, and you have you have survivors, which is one type of group, and you have professionals. for the any professional is welcome to go to our website and download anything off our website and use it for their own tools in any possible way. You know give us some credit, you know as a brighter day, but we're not we're looking to make a difference. We're looking to help hundreds of thousands of teens over the next five years millions of parents and families that we can touch and help them and we urge you and your audience come get free help you can't buy anything like I said we love a donation but that's not what this is about this is about becoming a a place for resources for everybody out there and that's what we're trying to
0: do I'd love that I love it so much well again thank you what a beautiful gift I'm gonna make a little note for myself here to put that in show notes so that anyone yeah, and I'll have your links and all that fun stuff. So, how how do people connect with you and find you? A brighterday.info. Elliot E L
1: L I O T two L's and one T. I don't know why my mom did that, but I can't ask her anymore. Elliot at a brighterday.info, and anybody's welcome to call me. My phone number is on the website as well, and people do call me all the time. So most times they call me. Ellie, I'm in trouble. I'm, my teen's in trouble. I need some help. And sadly, I get the calls that said that say, from, from school principals or superintendents that say that, you know, this family just lost a child. Would you mind reaching out to them? Can they reach out to you? And then I, if they're locally, we meet at Starbucks or somewhere, and have a cup of coffee. And it's a cry fest because that's what they're looking for. Um, you know, my son, you know, I, I, I've been doing this, now, for six years, and I could talk about my son without welling up and talking about it. But my wife, who just gave a speech to the women's juniors here in Northern California, one of the chapters, and usually doesn't do this speech. So I do it. But she did it because it's all women. And I asked for her to do it instead of me, which is fine. She, she went five, seven minutes and broke down in tears. And she was embarrassed and even humiliated that she broke down in tears. But the whole group just started to cry. Because they're all were par- juniors, are a lot of times are parents themselves of teen children or slightly below teen children. Um, look, nobody wants this to happen to their family. Uh, you don't have a death. We didn't know until the last minute. The only indication we had was shortly before he took his life, is that his sleep pattern was interrupted and he was not going to bed till the middle of the night. He just was missing. We, we, but we didn't put two and two together. Why would we? His grades were okay. Seem like a good kid. We just had had a holiday party where a few people came up to me and they said he is becoming a great young man and a terrific conversationalist. They didn't know it. Pick it up and pick up on it. And I said, you know, he's a kind of a dumb teen, like most nineteen and eighteen year olds are. He's a dumb teen. I was kind of a dumb teen, though. I wasn't depressed, but I was kind of a dumb teen. Smart grades. Went to Rutgers. Good grades. Graduated from all that stuff. But I figured no matter how he's going to be, he's going to grow out of it. And I knew no matter what happens to him that. Because we had so much sports conversation in common that wherever he moved to, even if I didn't get along with his wife uh, one day, I'd just fly in and we'd go to a ball game and we would talk the entire game. I knew we would do that. Of course, that opportunity is lost, which messes up my world of enjoying sports the way I enjoy it. That's kind of been changed permanently now. But that wasn't enough. You have to do more than just have sports in common. You have to have life in common. Yeah. And that's what I would leave with your audiences: learn how to ask the right questions and be nonjudgmental, so you can have life in common and find common points.
0: Beautiful. All right. Well, thank you again for the the amazing work you're doing, and well, just again the gift of offering those who are helping others along their healing path to those resources. Well, everyone for those resources. Um, just what a beautiful gift that is. So thank you. I'm happy to help you out anytime. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thanks for joining us today on the Healing Place Podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Terry Welbrock again. Just wanted to thank you for listening to the episode today and remind you to visit my website as well as the Academy terrywellbrock.com for the courses but if you go to my website terrywellbrock.com you can sign up for my monthly hope for healing newsletter which is also jam-packed with information and strategies and blog pieces and guest blog pieces and links to shows Um, and just a great space for uh, thanks for again being here and being a part of this healing space i very much appreciate you all right bye-bye